Um, hey, great to be back. Good to see you guys. Um, I was uh, in California at a conference with some of our Chi Alpha leaders, and it was great. And I'm excited for what God's doing across the nation in Chi Alpha. Um, but it's good to be back. Good to be with you guys. Um, hey, excited to hear about Carry the Love. And I'm, I want to say thank you to those. How many of you were involved in, in attending or helping to organize it or anything with that? How many of you guys did that? Okay, multiple people. Man, thank you. Yeah, it was super uh, encouraging for me to see, uh, well, a couple things. The students taking leadership to, uh, to see a move of God in U of M. And then, of course, to see different churches coming together. That is uh, the heart of God, that we would work together. Um, we're not just H2O. We're part of the body of Christ across the world, and specifically here at U So thank you. And that's, that's awesome. It went well, huh? Yeah. That's good? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, really awesome. I wish I could have been there, but I couldn't. I was 2,000 miles away. Um, all right, awesome. Well, we're going to get into the, into the scriptures today. You guys ready? All we're ready. Uh, hey, I listened to uh, Pastor Chris's sermon. Uh, so I know, uh, in case you guys forgot, last week he talked about the, uh, the four loves, right? You guys remember that? And uh, you guys remember that, I'm sure you know this, there are three natural loves, and then there's the, the agape, God's love. What, what are some of those three natural loves? Anybody remember one of those? Arrows. Arrows, everybody's favorite. Phileo. Uh, Storm day. Whoa, look at the Bible scholar. Um, and you know, and I know Pastor Chris talked about this, how each of the natural loves, I'll just do a little review here, then we'll get into my message, but each of the natural loves in its own way can somewhat imitate agape, but it's not agape. Um, it kind of is like, I think of it as like they're, they're instruments, but they're not the music we're supposed to play. Agape is the music. And so they can help tune our instrument, you know, like storge and phileo or philia. Um, and eros, of course, can tune the instrument. But what we're supposed to play is that agape and God love. And I, I'm pretty sure I remember uh, Pastor Chris talking about how one of the dangers is to make idols out of the natural loves. You guys remember that? Like natural loves are wonderful, but they're not a substitute for the highest of all, which is the agape. And when they become a substitute, that's when we can idolize them and they can become an idol in our life. Um, so what we're gonna do today is I'm gonna do part two. But we're gonna dig in a little deeper, so I'm gonna hone in on everybody's favorite, and that's Eros. And the reason why, of course, well, the reason why is I believe God wants to share this with you. But the other reason, the natural reason, is tomorrow is your favorite holiday of the year which you probably don't even know, but it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> it is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. You guys think something about that. So, um, so this is the moment you wait and wait for. We're gonna talk about arrows. We're gonna talk about sex. Are you ready? <laughs> well, let me... Let me just give some preliminary, like, theological background here of understanding eros and romance um, and how to, the title of my message is Redeeming Eros. 
redeeming arrows. And I'm going to give some kind of theological introduction, and then we'll get really practical about romance and all that good stuff. But I just want to share from the beginning that um, eros does not equal sexual pleasure. When we think of eros in America, we think of, that's usually we see these as synonymous, that eros is romance or sex. Um, now, C.S. Lewis clearly teaches that eros is, is not sexual desire. Now, eros can certainly be experienced and expressed in proper sexual intimacy, certainly, that's, that's the right place for it. Right? That's where eros should be experienced and expressed. But eros is not sexual pleasure. Um, let me try to give an example. I don't think Chris shared this. If he did, you're going to get it twice. This is from C.S. Lewis. I'm not smart enough to come up with this example. But when I read this, it just hit home when I thought about my life growing up and, 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 and who I have become and the things that I did in the past. And so he said this about sexual desire um, versus eros and how to distinguish the two. He said sexual desire um, without eros just wants it or wants the thing. So he said, for example, um, what, er what eros wants, I'm sorry, what sexual desire wants is a, a sensation within one's own body. That's what, um, that's what sexual desire wants. And that's what fallen eros wants. And there's no more unfortunate statement than this. Like, well, hey, there was a guy, you know, roaming campus last Friday night and he was looking for a woman. And see, that is incorrect because a woman is the last thing a guy on a drunk guy on Friday night wants. He doesn't want a woman. What he wants is a feeling in his own body. And a woman is a necessary apparatus to create this feeling in itself. That's not Eros. That is Eros gone wrong. That is sexual desire gone wrong, right? Because true Eros doesn't seek a feeling. True Eros seeks the beloved, my beloved. See, true, true Eros um, does not seek like a woman. True Eros seeks the woman. I want her. Do you understand that? It's not what I can get from a person. It's the person. It's the beloved. Eros is wonderful. Eros is beautiful. But Eros is not seeking that stimulation and that feeling. It's, seek, it's so much higher. It's seeking the beloved. And um, you, know, you can see this in a, in a marriage. Uh, it is the very mark of true Eros in, in, a, in a marriage that is not always happy. So let me just break the news to you. Marriage is awesome, first of all. A, a godly marriage is amazing. But it's not always happy. Now, I mean, maybe if someone's married to Andrew, it's always happy, you know. But Nancy might have a different thought about that. But marriage has ups and downs. It's not, it's not always filled with happiness. But Eros would say this. If, if, you, if you're married, you're in a season of unhappiness. Eros would say, it's better to be with my beloved and unhappy than to be separated from my beloved and to be happy. It's better that our hearts would break together than we would separate and mend apart. That is the difference. Eros is not seeking one's own happiness. Eros is seeking the beloved. 
I'm making you probably very uncomfortable. I keep pointing to my wife here. Sorry. Oh, the mask. There we go. I know I'm your problem. Come on, we know that. It's a joke. All right, so I think it's pretty clear that when you look at your generation, and it's not just your generation, it was in, in our generation as well, that um, fallen eros, or we'll call it unredeemed eros, uh, which is why I'm, I'm titling this sermon Redeeming Eros, is extremely dangerous. And uh, when it is fallen, it becomes a very, very terrible and hideous demon that can conquer our lives, can conquer culture. And in my opinion, I think that Eros gone wrong, fallen Eros is one of the main um, demonic principalities over culture in the West. I don't know the rest of the world that well, um, but I have a feeling it's similar in many different cultures. And so fallen Eros is a tremendously dangerous demonic um, stronghold. And it, and it is manifest in a number of ways, right? Look at adultery. All the, the men and women that are breaking the marriage covenant every day, right? You see that across the country. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, uh, bestiality now, polygamy, pedophilia. I hate to even say it, but this stuff is happening, right? And it's fallen arrows. It's arrows gone wrong. And so what we want is to see you guys, your generation, through the power of Christ, redeem arrows. To bring arrows back into proper alignment so it is what it was always meant to be. And that's what I'm going to speak about today. Um, I think the two primary ways I see uh, fallen arrows manifest in your generation, it would be one, obviously, pornography. It's very rampant. And, and in H12, we talk openly about this. We want to help you guys to overcome this. And then a second way would be in sexual immorality in our relationships. That's another manifestation, both of those. And um, this morning, I want to talk about dating. I want to talk about proper eros in the dating relationship. Uh, anybody here, are any of you in a dating relationship or hope to date one day in your life? <laughs> wow, look at this. It's amazing. For those of you that didn't raise your hand, you are lying. Uh, maybe you're called the selves. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to talk, I just want to really talk openly with you guys and be honest about my story um, and, and share principles that Tammy and I have learned over the years and, and, and hopefully get you on a track of redeeming arrows and seeing this wonderful love become all it was meant to be for you and uh, for your boyfriend, your future girlfriend. Uh, we're excited. Okay, I'm going to do something different. I want us to pray together, uh, standing up. We're going to stand up, and we're going to pray. And I'm going to lead in a prayer. I'm going to have you repeat after me. I know, man, we don't usually do this in this 12. But I want you to um, just pray this from your heart, if you would. And, um, and, let, and we'll pray it as a body. So I'll, I'll lead if you can just follow me. Send the fire of the Holy Spirit. Deep within us, Lord. So that we can serve you. With holy bodies and please you with pure minds. Amen. You may be seated. G.K. Chesterton said this about sex. 
the moment sex ceases to be a servant, it becomes a tyrant. There is something dangerous and disproportionate in its place in human nature for whatever reason. And it does really need a special purification and dedication. Your sexual desires, your sexual urges, they really do require this special purification of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to pray uh, this morning together. Um, I, I brought something back for today. Yeah. Oh, this is our vessel of honor. The, the transparent, this is the communion chalice. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke a couple weeks with you guys how God, by His Holy Spirit, is forming you and fashioning you into this vessel of honor, right? We can be vessels of dishonor or vessels of honor. And I want to tell you that there is no other area of my life that was as important to my purification as what I'm talking about today, sexual purity. I remember being a 20-year-old man and having a heart for God, and I, I genuinely did love the Lord with all my heart, but I was enslaved to sexual immorality. And it was a ceiling upon my growth. And so I kept trying to soar with Christ, but I kept hitting the ceiling. And I could only go so high because there was areas in my life that had not been redeemed. And it was this fallen arrows. Fallen arrows was stopping me from going to the next step in my transformation into a vessel of honor. And I want to be this vessel of honor. I know you want to be this vessel of honor. And one of the most important things is our sexual sanctification. Now, the scripture today that I'm going to, to use as the primary text is First Thessalonians chapter 4. So if you could turn there, or you could just listen to me. But First Thessalonians chapter 4, Verses 1 through 5. Okay, let's read it. Finally then, brothers, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ that as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you ex excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord. Verse 3. For this is the will of God. We'll stop here. Just for a moment. I've had so many conversations with Christians over the years. So many conversations with of students. They will ask me on a regular basis, I don't know what the will of God is. I want to know God's will. How do I discern God's will? How do I know his will? Well, we're going to hear right here in verse 3 what his will is for your life. Are you ready? This is Paul says it clear. Let's read it again. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel, his own vessel, in sanctification and honor. There we are again, right? The vessels of honor. So what is God's will for your life? That you would abstain from sexual immorality and that you would be transformed into this vessel of honor. Verse 5, 
not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Okay, that's the theological foundation, and now we're going to get real practical. We're going to talk about dating. You ready? Let's go. All right, I'm going to uh, preface. You can laugh. I'm going to show you a video series that I have on YouTube to help you. Now, my hair was longer. Um, if I can go back in time, I would change my demeanor because when I did these videos, it was just like everybody was like super hyped up all the time. So I kind of feel like I was way too hyped up trying to make it exciting. But the content on Pure, if you could put that up, the content is good. And so I have a YouTube channel called Pure Dating. There we go. There I am. Whoa, I'm at 2,000 subscribers. I haven't posted in six years. That's not bad. Um, but the reason I'm showing you this is it is, I have many, many practical videos on there about redeeming arrows, um, seeing God do a work in the area of sexual purity in your life. So you can watch these, and yes, you're going to laugh, and it's fine. You can laugh at me. It's funny. Uh, but I would ask you to, to listen to the content and, and our story, and, and I'll share Tammy and my story thoroughly, right? Way more than I can do now. So I just wanted to give you that as a little heads up if you want to. Uh, yeah. So now we're gonna, we can put that away now. That, that was, I was watching one the other day. I'm like, wow, that was really something. Uh, you ever seen yourself on video from like six, seven years ago? It's, oh, lady, she's like, no, I don't want to. Okay, so how do you, how do you redeem arrows as a single person? Married couples? Well, maybe this is for your kids, I guess. <laughs> Jonathan and Cindy already walked down this road. You know, they had their time and their season. This is yours. So the first way to redeem Eros in your dating is to be honest with yourself and really ask yourself if you're ready to date. The mistakes I made could have been avoided if I would have had that honest conversation in the mirror with Nino and said, are you ready to date? And I jumped the gun and I dated when I wasn't ready. What do I mean being ready? when I was spiritually ready, emotionally ready, right? Ready to be married if the Lord would have asked me to propose, but I was I was not ready and I jumped the gun. I remember um, when one of my good friends, I think I was 21 years old, and he had got engaged and he was getting married and we had a little prayer meeting for him to bless him. You know, hey, let's lay hands on him, uh, pray for him. And, and I was praying for my friend. And you know what I was thinking? God, why I don't have any girlfriend. It was all about me. I was just like, I had a bad attitude. Like, you know, here he is getting married. I don't even have a girlfriend. I want to date somebody. Now, I'm supposed to be holy. I'm just being honest. You guys would never make that. But I'm trying to be holy. I'm laying my hands on this guy. He's a good friend of mine. And all I'm thinking about is, why don't I have a girlfriend? This is not fair. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me, and I still remember exactly the thoughts of my mind. Holy Spirit said, you're not ready, and if I brought a woman to you, you defiled her. So, what do you do with that one? <laughs> How do you respond to that? I just said, 
yeah, I'm going to be turning 22 and I'm not even dating. Oh, well. Okay, I'm not ready. You know what I mean? And I look back and it's very young. You know what I mean? I thought I was old. You know, 22 seemed old, but now at 51, it seemed young. But at the time, it seemed old. I'm not dating. How long do I wait? And so um, I just, again, want to, before you even began dating, just, are you ready? You know, are you, how do you know if you're ready? Well, a couple ways. Um, talk to people that know you in your small group. Talk to your small group leaders. What do you think? Uh, talk to staff members. Talk to family. If you have a good relationship with your parents, I know some of you do, do not. Some of you have great relationships with your parents, like Matthew. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially Johnny. Sorry, I, I put you guys on the spot. Man. You won't have to put up for much longer. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but if you do have a good relationship with your parents, talk to them, you know, just figure out, hey, do you think I'm ready? You know, let's take some honesty with yourself and Jesus, with your friends and your small group leaders. Um, that's, that's the first thing. Now, again, let's get practical. Um, let's say you are ready and you're pumped and you're excited and you want to be married and you're like, I could honestly be married in a year or two. I think I could. And... Uh, what do I do? So let me kind of break it down practically. I want to look at, stay in First Thessalonians. You can turn to chapter 5. This is a passage that was a, a tremendous blessing for, for you and I. When, when Tim and I were dating, this passage really formed a practical framework for our friendship, our dating, engagement, everything in marriage. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul says this. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Again, let's note the same theme, right? Sanctification, being transformed into a vessel of honor. He's really speaking to the Thessalonians in this. So may you be sanctified completely or entirely. What does that mean? Let's go on. And may your spirit, number one, your soul, number two, and your body, number three, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, body, three parts of who you are as a human being, as a man and a woman. God blessed Tammy and I so much with using this as a framework for our dating, engagement, marriage. So for example, dating was corresponded to the spirit. That was the spiritual time of our relationship. Um, it was not the uh, Eros time, uh, though there was a lot of arrows. Let me say it this way. Especially in Tammy's part, there's a lot of arrows. Um, it wasn't the uh, extreme expression of the arrows in our dating. Yeah, the, 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 the arrows was there. But the, the arrows was there first time I saw her in the union. I was at a table. I was at a table and some of my friends from crew came up. And they said, oh, this is Tammy. She's one of the crew girls. I was like, oh. And music was playing. I was stunned. I was like, whoa. You, ever had, you guys have never experienced that. You see somebody handsome or whatever. Beautiful. But, um, so yeah, the Eros was there. But the, but the dating, so the dating phase for us corresponded to spirit. It was the time when we tried to spiritually build one another up. Here's a couple of principles that guided Tammy and I. 
our number one purpose of gaining one another was to bring each other closer to Jesus Christ. Right? That was the filter through which I looked. She's with me, I'm with her. So lead us closer to Christ. That's why we're together. As a brother and sister, we want to bring each other closer to Jesus Christ. Um, boy, there's so much I want to I want to say about this. Man. Okay. This is a personal one, but I'm going to share. So I was praying about, so we're in the dating phase, and again, it's, we're trying to really keep it um, uh, focused on, on spiritual uh, edification for one another, and I was praying and just really, really wanting to get married, and some of you know what I mean. Leave this beautiful one. I've waited for 23 years. How old were we? When we got married, was I 23? Ooh, yeah, but when I proposed to you, was I 23? I think it's 23. Yeah, 23. So I had to wait till then. Pop the question. Hey, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So before I proposed, um, we were in the dating phase, and I was praying, and then I was praying for you. And feel free to jump in at time if you want to take it away. She's way better than me. Um, uh, she'll correct me if I'm wrong. Well, that's all the time. <laughs> so, as I was praying, I was just anticipating the future and excited about the possibilities. And the Holy Spirit again came with a, not a rebuke, but a warning. And He said, um, During this dating relationship, I want you to keep Tammy pure. Um, she doesn't see herself the way I see her. I see her as pure, spotless, you know, my beautiful daughter with no sin. She sees herself as maybe not as pure as I see her. And um, when you have a pure dating relationship, it will help her to see herself the way she really is. Well, how do you respond to that one? And that motivated me and it gave me excitement just to stay on the same track in our spiritual faith, in the dating phase um, of keeping the relationship first and foremost as a brother and a sister. So how did we do that practically when the arrows is raging? And it was. So how do we do it? Well, I mean, we did things like read the Bible together, went to carry the love events, Hung out with friends, you know what I mean? Did things in public. We talked about things that talked about our future. Got to know her, got to know her dreams, what she wanted to do, what I wanted to do. We had a good time together. And there's a way to do that without just letting the, the, the arrows volcano erupt. So for example, I can talk about things like, yeah, I mean, family's super important to me. Um, I. I, I hope to get married and have a lot of kids, and that's a real value to me. I can talk about that with her, and we can get to know each other without me looking in her eyes and saying, and I want you to be the one. Because you know? I didn't know if she was the one. And I knew that if I went there and I expressed that arrows, it would be really difficult to be sexually pure. You know, So there's a way that you can have an awesome dating relationship, getting to know... Here's another benefit, because we weren't sexually involved, I actually got to know her. In my other relationships, like every one of them prior to, to Tammy, um, it would 
we would talk and get to know each other, and then it would invariably drift into uh, the sexual expression, and, and, and we'd be together physically. And then you're not really getting to know the person. You're just getting to know their body before you should. And so we actually uh, would talk, and I'd get to know her. What a concept. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, we would pray together. You know, I would say, you know, be cautious when you're praying because prayer, prayer can be super intimate. And I know this might almost sound like sacrilegious and weird, but it's true, so I'm going to share it. If you really like somebody, if you're feeling the arrows real strong and you get into like an intense prayer time, you can easily shift from like, we're seeking God and we're, you know, being romantic with the heavenly beloved to let's be romantic to the earthly beloved because you're sharing such an intimate encounter. I don't know if that makes sense to you if you've never experienced it, but you just have to guard yourself, of course. But it was amazing for us to pray together, to read the word, to do evangelism together, to go to church. It It was a fun time. Our dating relationship was probably... You know, it definitely was the best stage of my life up to that point in time. It was amazing. Uh, another benefit of that is no regrets. So I wanted to, to date you in such a way that if the Lord had said, I don't want you guys to be married for whatever reason, um, and I was praying that wouldn't have been the case, please, Lord, no. You know, I remember I wanted to marry her so bad, but I wanted to have a relationship in such a way that if the Lord would have said, don't. Um, you guys are not to be married, that when I saw her 20 years down the road, her husband would come up to me and shook my hand and said, thank you for respecting my wife. That's the kind of man I wanted to be. And that's the relationship I wanted to be. I was trying not to just think about me, but to think about Jesus first and foremost and my girlfriend. And then praying every day that I would marry her. Um, You know, another benefit, and again, in, in our YouTube videos, we talk about this. I don't want to get too caught up here in the details, but um, I do want to inspire you. Um, it was it was amazing to have a dating relationship without jealousy, um, without a lot of arguing, no arguing. Um, I, I can usually tell if dating couples are sexually involved because they argue a lot, even in public. You know, because they've crossed over that line, they begin to be bonded, soul ties together through the expression of sexual intimacy. And uh, and I was there, you know, been there, done that, unfortunately. And it was amazing to have this spiritual dating relationship uh, without jealousy, not worried about whether she's talking to a guy, not even worried about her past. Man, I remember when I was in the flesh in other relationships, I would want my girlfriends to tell me the guys they were with and everything they did. You're looking at me like you don't understand. Yes, that is Pastor Nino. My flesh is terrible. <laughs> and it's probably crossed your mind too. You know what I mean? But I was just, because I was in the flesh in these relationships, I was being fleshly. I was being jealous. With our dating relationship, oh, it was, no, I just saw her as who she really is. Pure. Godly, wonderful woman of God. It is, and I hope I can inspire you. This dating is so much better. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing. And, and probably one of the greatest things, I have a whole video on this. The, the, the number one viewed video on pure dating, like with, I don't know, 50,000 views or 100,000 views, is 
how God can restore you if you have um, given away your virginity. So it's not surprising to me that that's the number one video. But during our dating relationship, it was like God restored not a physical virginity, obviously, but an emotional and spiritual virginity back again. Like a, a total, a pure dating relationship will restore what the enemy stole. It will restore what you've given away. And it will bring you into a place of who you really are meant to be. And I saw this transform Tammy and I in our dating relationship. It was absolutely amazing. And um, so, so the spirit, um, spirit, soul, body, spirit was like our dating phase. And then soul, what was soul? We used the um, sanctification of the soul as a metaphor for our, our um, engagement phase. And um, oh man, I still remember when I proposed. I, was, I wanted it to be so smooth, I screwed it up. But um, I, I was gonna take her to a lake. We were out by Chelsea, and you guys have some beautiful lakes out there, and it was fall. It was October, and you know Michigan. Like, obviously this is not the greatest season for Michigan, right? Great, cool, but fall, it's hard to be Michigan in the fall. It's spectacular, isn't it? I mean, the whole forest comes alive. And so we had the colors, the beauty, my beautiful girlfriend, the whole thing, we're gonna go out. So I had said, hey, you wanna to talk to the lake? We can go walk around, look at the colors, okay. And I had bought the ring, I had bought the ring and I was ready. And it was cold that day. And I had the ring in a container, it was in my coat pocket. Well, unfortunately she saw it. She could tell, and I was like, I'm just gonna be careless about this thing. You would have never made this mistake. So you knew it was coming. <laughs> she said it was a big ring box. I mean, it was a big ring box. No, so, uh, here's your ring. So um, anyway, I kind of messed up on that, but um, it was it was such a beautiful moment, and uh, we were sitting down by the lake, and then I got on my knees because I wanted to get on my knees to ask her to marry me. And I had a speech planned, and I got real nervous. I didn't know what to say. I just was tongue-tied, which is somewhat unusual for me. I mean, I can get nervous, but usually I, it's not difficult for me to talk. And I was just, I didn't know what to say. So I mumbled out something like, I am so happy that the Lord brought us together. And, and for the first time, I said this to her, I love you, and will you marry me? And, um, and then she, I think you clapped. <laughs> oh yeah, it was sort of built up. Yeah. Yeah. The anticipation, please. So um, that was, but it was October twenty third uh, of nineteen ninety three. And uh, that was a beautiful moment. And so from, from that moment on, we said, this is kind of like corresponding to the soul. So Eros, we want to carefully begin to express Eros, you know, not, not through physical and sexual um, pleasure, but just getting to know each other a little deeper. You know, we're engaged now, we're going to be married. And, um, and, and it was amazing, but I, I do want to advise you when you get, if you have a pure relationship and you get engaged, just be cautious in engagement, you know? Still take it slow. Uh, I had made a decision not to say I love you to you until I was ready to say, will you marry me? 
because I personally had misused those words. Um, men know how to do that. Um, so women just know that. Men know how to manipulate very well. And those words are really powerful, right? I love you. So men can easily say that, but they really just want to get you to you know, be physical with them. And so, and I had used those, I'd thrown that, that phrase around too many times um, in, in a wrong way. And I knew that the impact that um, those words would have upon Tammy. And so I was very careful to say, I love you when I'm ready to marry her. And so I did. And then we began to, to just say it freely. And, um, but you just have to be careful because I remember uh, a couple of moments we had that I won't go into because they're kind of embarrassing, but uh, just the expression of arrows when you've got it bottled up for a year and a half and you start to slowly let it out, that that baby's gonna come out, you know. So you just gotta be careful. So I, I you know, and by the grace of God, we were pure in our engagement, and I'm so grateful. But just how tragic would it be to have a, a good spiritual dating relationship, get engaged, and then you're excited to be married and stumble before you get to the finish line, you know? You don't want to stumble and fall before you get there. There would be grace, of course, you know? Uh, we all make mistakes. We all sin, but we really wanted to make it. We wanted to go to that finish line of the establishment of the marriage covenant and be able to say, by the grace of God, he has kept us pure. And um, so just, you know, be careful. But that was a that was an exciting phase of planning the wedding. Man, just getting ready for April 23rd. 1994. I was like, Jesus, can you please not come back just yet? I know you're coming back anytime, but can it be after the wedding, please? So, um, so yeah, uh, and he didn't come back yet, and so here we are, married with kids. I'm with you this morning. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, put up with me a long time. But I don't know, anything else about engagement that you were thinking of or no? I, I don't know. We were busy, weren't we? And you were yeah, you were living with mom. So she was back with her mom. Yeah. That helped, she was saying. You probably didn't hear that, but she was back with her mom planning the wedding and they were all excited and everything. And that helped because we'd you know see each other once a week or something. But um, Yeah. Yeah, so four months she was with her mom. But it was just, it was a great season. Like I said, the engagement is, oh man, it's a great time because there's so much excitement for the marriage. And um, and speaking of marriage, uh, so spirit, soul, body, spirit, dating, soul, engagement, and marriage, body, oh yeah. All right, so it's okay. You can be excited about that in the right context, right? So. So the body was, that was when Tammy and I, by the grace of God, were hoping to really come together for the first time um, sexually and romantically. And why is that? Because this is so counterculture, what I'm teaching on. I mean, this was counterculture when, in the 90s. Now, I mean, you guys know, right? In your generation, what I'm saying, they'd be like, they need to hear it. Because I know that they're human beings and it would inspire them if they're going to be honest and look in the mirror and think about who they are. But it's so countercultural, isn't it? I mean, this is just crazy. So why wait until marriage? What is marriage anyway? Well, marriage is not 
a legal uh, agreement that is authorized by the state. Marriage is higher than that. Marriage is a supernatural covenant of God that binds a man and a woman together for life. So I'll say that again. A marriage covenant is not a legal agreement instituted by a human court system. It's higher than the human court system. The human court system can recognize a marriage covenant, and we do, but it can't establish it, right? The, the human court system can say a man can marry three women. That's not, that doesn't mean it's right. A court can say a man can marry a man. That doesn't mean it's right. The court doesn't determine what a marriage is. God does. And God has established this holy covenant called marriage between a man and a woman. And um, we see it at the very beginning of the Bible. You know what's interesting? When you read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, that is the creation story, right? The commands and the, the, story, the narrative is a man and a woman being married and having kids. That's the prime directive. That is the prime purpose there on the earth. And when you dig deep into Genesis, it is fantastic to think about what the marriage covenant is. Let me just, can I get a little theological here just for a minute? This, this is unbelievable. In the beginning, God created Adam. And we think of that as the, a man, right? That's not what that word means. It means mankind, humanity. So in the beginning, God created Adam. Maybe in Hebrew it's Adam. I don't know. I don't know Hebrew. But it means, like, so God created this creature named man, mankind, humanity. That's all there was. But it was not good for him to be alone. So then what happened? So God took the rib of this mankind, took a part of his essence of this one creature, and he, the one, the, that which was one, indivisible, was divided into two, and that was woman, and he fashioned woman. So now you have Adam, the man, and you have Eve, the woman. And then God brings Eve to Adam, and, you, and of course you remember that story, and he sees her, and he's like, wow, you know, this is, um, way better than the animals. <laughs> it's awesome. You know what I mean? Because remember, like, God brings all these animals to Adam, and he's like, yeah, they're all great. Horses are beautiful, but there's just something missing. You know what I mean? And then he creates Eve, and it's like, you know, a naked woman comes, and this is before sin, so it's not even, there's no immorality, and he sees her, and he's like, wow. You know what I mean? So again, and that's why when men see a woman, they're like, wow. And that's why it's so easy to pervert that with pornography. Because it's built into the DNA. It's in the very genetic material of a man. That's for his wife. So that when he sees his wife, he goes, wow. This is bone in my bones. And this is flesh in my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken on man. So then you have Eve, you have Adam, and then... They come together in holy marriage, right? And remember what, what the Word of God says. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife, and the two will become what? One. So the marriage covenant is not a piece of paper. It's not a legal agreement. It is 
supernaturally a return to the original state of creation. It is a mystical union between Tammy and I when we have become Adam again, a small microcosm of that. Does that make sense? The woman and the man return to what they've always been. And so this, this is where the sexual intimacy is experienced in all its glory, without guilt, without shame. That is the covenant that protects you. And so, um, and we could go into it, and for time's sake I won't, but you guys know that the, the unification of Jesus Christ with the church is called what? The marriage of the Lamb. Jesus Christ will be married to the church. What, who is the church? The bride of Christ. This, the allegory is everywhere in the scriptures. The church is the bride. Jesus is the groom. The marriage together. It's a oneness that we will become one with Christ, just like a husband and wife when they get married. Every single human marriage is a picture of Jesus' unification with his bride. And when we live in sexual immorality, we are... We are defiling that picture, right? Because that bride is to be pure and spotless with a spotless groom. Um, now, let me just say a couple things here. Your flesh, my flesh, and Satan will try to reverse the order. So, right? Remember what I taught you. Dating is uh, spirit, engagement, soul, marriage, body. The world will try to flip it upside down. And the first thing that happens is the physical, right? And then, you know, hookup culture, whatever. Physical, and then the emotions come. And so the foundation of that, that dating is actual, um, it's just fallen arrows. And fallen arrows cannot be a foundation of a long-term relationship, right? The foundation of our um, relationship and therefore, the foundation of my family that's built upon it is the covenant. The covenant is the foundation. And that's a strong, sure foundation that will never crack because it's founded upon Christ. But if you allow your flesh or you allow the world to influence you, the whole order of God's design will be reversed and the thing will just tip over and collapse. And it's no wonder, right? We see that today. Um, yeah, anything else I just was thinking about kind of marriage or that phase that you were thinking of you wanted to share? She's got it all figured out. I'm going to give embellish. Come on, take a look. Um, you want to say anything? You don't have to. Oh. <laughs> I think I don't know. There's just so much. I remember people would say crazy, they would ask us crazy things like, well, if you're, doing, if you're having your dating relationship this way, how are you gonna know that you're sexually compatible? I heard that. I'm like, you don't understand sex. It, you know, because th their thought was, well, some people are not sexually compatible. Um, hello. <laughs> Great sex is a, a result of something. It's the result of emotional and spiritual union between a man and a woman. I gotta say that again. A union between a godly union between a man and a woman produces a wonderful sexual relationship in marriage. 
that's where it flows from. It's not a physical thing. It's the, you know what I mean? But our minds get so warped that people would ask me these crazy questions. I'm like, I'm a man, she's a woman, it'll work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gonna work. There's no worry about being compatible. I mean, God designed it that way. So the, the, the deeper the intimacy, the greater the transparency, the greater the trust, the greater the love, the greater the sex life. Does that make sense? Because it's not a physical act purely. It's an emotional, physical, spiritual act together in covenant. So I don't know, I was just thinking that was something we heard about. And there's also about salvation of trust. I don't know if this is on. This is on? It's all, it's all, you hear me? Yeah, I was going to say, it's all built on a foundation of trust. So I mean, your relationship is an overflow of that foundation of trust. You know, just like you know, was talking about, it's a spiritual platform. So everything else is going to flow from that. So, um, and us having a dating relationship that established that trust. So there wasn't, there wasn't the jealousy and there wasn't the um, insecurity and all the things that um, a relationship that isn't built on Christ, that isn't pure, all of that breeds that mistrust. Um, and so since our relationship didn't have that, um, it just was a solid foundation for it to grow and flourish. Um, and so, yeah, that's true. Uh, trust. Yes, I don't. Yeah, I didn't really emphasize that, but that's so true. Like the the trust. Um, yeah, the trust was crucial, and that's something that happens in a marriage covenant. Um, it builds a mutual um, trust, and it, it's supernatural. It's not just a natural thing. It is it is a supernatural experience that I hope you will experience. But when we entered in that marriage covenant, it was so beautiful to be under that covering the protection of God in a marriage covenant, blessed by our parents, blessed by the church, blessed by us. It was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I missed it. Kissing is something I really enjoy. Yeah, we, we kissed. Well, it, it, that, the wedding kiss is kind of interesting because, well, the first time that, that Tammy and I kissed was on our wedding day. Um, and again, I'm very clear here. It's not that kissing is sinful, okay? I'm not saying it's sinful to kiss your girlfriend. Um, now, for me, it would have led to sin. That's why I did because I knew myself. I knew if my lips touched her lips, my hands would touch her beautiful hips, and then it would be over, right? Lips, hips, and you know the story. So I, so I wished I wouldn't have lived the way I lived before I was a Christian, but God used my sin to teach me a lesson. I knew myself. Does that make sense? Like I knew, like, I'm a man, I have testosterone, Probably more than most men. And so when I, um, if I kissed her, I know what I'm doing, right? Okay, so, that, so that's why I did, I'm not saying simple. Now, like a peck on the cheek is fine, you know what I mean? If you can do that, but just mine would be a peck on the cheek and then the neck and smell the perfume. We know our best. So that's enough, right? We keep this PG-13. So, um, 
So yeah, so yeah, we. So I mean, it's just I mean, the kissing is obviously what he's saying. It's just a natural progression. So for us, we chose not to like fight the fight constantly because I mean, we dated and were engaged for two years, and I mean, 720 days—that's a long time to fight that fight. You know what I mean? And, and you know, it, it's basically like a losing battle. Yeah. And so it just depends on what you really want. So, I mean, Dino and I, from the start, we knew that we wanted a relationship that was, you know, pure and built on Christ. And, um, I mean, we wanted that more than anything. Like, that was that was our, like, I think, you know, I um, referenced it earlier, just that was the greatest victory that we've ever experienced um, because it was an area of our life that um, the enemy really um, took a lot from us in that area. Um, and so it was our redemption story, and it was it was more than just us. I mean, it was about you guys. Like, um, I've talked to students in the past, like, you know, 30 years ago, like, I knew God was asking us to do this because I knew that there was going to be, you know, a myriad of people um, that were going to be looking to us as an example. And so it was, you know, so we tried to do everything we could to make it, so that we cross the finish line, um, and it, it's difficult. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't without struggle. Like, you know, I don't know if you picked that up with you know sharing the stories, but I mean, it was it was a battle. I mean, it wasn't easy, and so we tried to do things to not make it more difficult for ourselves, um, because we really, at the end, like one of our scriptures was, "I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest after we preach to others, I myself may be disqualified." And we didn't want to be disqualified. Like, we wanted. Um, to be able to say, like, we made it to the finish line. And then the first time we ever kissed was at the altar. Um, and so, you know, and it was a story of redemption. I mean, his title, um, Redeeming Heroes. Yeah, Redeeming Heroes. Yeah, um, was, you know, God redeeming me. Um, and like what he was talking about, like, it was a lot more than just like purity. It was, it was about God showing me um, who I really am and, and gave me the ability to see myself in a light that wouldn't have happened outside of that relationship. Um, and so it, there's multiple layers to it. I mean, God was using it for all sorts of things, you know, obviously for his glory, for you guys, um, to be a testimony, um, to redeem our lives. Um, and he did. Like, God is so good and so faithful. So I just want to encourage you guys. Maybe I should stand up. I just want to encourage you guys that if you... Um, Go if for it. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you're, if you've struggled in this area... And your life isn't perfect, um, and you know, you know, it got messed up along the way. Um, you know, God, I just wanted to encourage you that like it's not over. It's not like, well, I guess I already screwed up, so I can just keep screwing up. <laughs> you know, that that's not the story. Like, you you could be like Nino and I, and like we didn't get saved until we were eighteen, um, and you know, there was a lot of history that happened, you know, during that time of not just not knowing the Lord and not knowing what was right. Um, but when God, you know, saved us, I mean, he not only saved us, he totally redeemed us from our past. Um, and so if you do things the way, you know, God set up in the Bible, he's not setting it up to punish you. I mean, he's setting it up um, to save you and to help you um, and to actually, like, live your best life in him and have your best relationship. Um, and the world tries to be a totally different story. Um, but don't believe it, it's all lies because <laughs> I've lived both lives and it's definitely... It's all awesome. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to encourage you if you're that person that you know you things have happened in your past um, that it's not too late for you that God can redeem your story um, as well and um, and have it be amazing and be like like that old person like Nino's old person my old person like when he tells stories of his past it has no impact on me like if I told stories about my past 
it has no impact on him because that's not who we are. Like God has so redeemed our lives in such an incredible way that like we don't see each other like and we would have. Like I was in relationships like that too where I was insanely jealous. You know what I mean? Um, and because you don't trust the person, you know what I mean? Why should you? <laughs> if they're doing inappropriate things with you, you know what I mean? They probably are acting inappropriately in ways towards other people as well. Um, and so, yeah, so there's just so many benefits to like, you know, you know, and I know this, it's hard, <laughs> um, but there's so many benefits to the sacrifice um, that it's worth it. Um, and so, anyways, I hope that encourages you guys and it is a struggle. And one thing we would never want is for you guys to think we're like these spiritual robots that don't have any temptation or emotion. I mean, when we teach on this, it wasn't easy. It was like the greatest battle of our lives. Um, but it was the greater the battle, the greater the victory, you know? The greater the cross, the greater the glory. And so, yes, it's a battle, but oh, it's worth it. And um, yeah, we're so grateful to what God has done. And excited for you guys, too. I hope this has kind of inspired you a little bit. Like I said, you can watch the YouTube videos, um, uh, laugh at me you know, six years ago, but also <laughs> hopefully learn a little bit. And we'd love to talk with you guys about it. You know, if you, you want to talk, just let us know. You know. We can always meet with you guys at the church or whatever. And just love to. This is something we really enjoy, is helping people in their relationships. And it's a core uh, calling of us. It's a passion of ours. We, we want the best for you. Super excited for you. So, um, hey, worship band, you guys have a closing song, ready? You do? Oh, let's do it. I'm ready. If we have a time of worship, we'll go out with that. I'll, I'll bless them and we'll say a prayer, and then you guys can take it away. But thanks for being here. I, I hope this was some benefit to you. And like I said, follow up with me if you'd like to talk. Any, any, anytime, just let me know. All right, can we stand together? Let's uh, let's pray and then uh, worship the Lord. Father, we thank you. Uh, for this, this great Sunday to worship you and to believe that we can see Eros redeemed in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray for your blessing over all the men and women here. Uh, God, those that are married and those that are single, may they redeem Eros on a daily basis through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.